Investigation hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Popo Report. Hello, Chicago. The Popo Report, Saturday night. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino. Turn off that bad rap music. Listen to something. You can learn a little something tonight here on the Popo Report. What are we starting with tonight, Lupe? Hey, I like bad rap music. I know you do. Good to see you, Paul, my partner in crime. Well, the uh, <laughs> the midterms are behind us, and we got some good news from the uh, police department. What kind of good news? Oh, we got, they're saying, reporting 107 fewer homicides and more than uh, 500 fewer shooting victims this year compared to last year. What do you think about that? Well, that is good news. Uh, so far this year, we're up to 430, which uh, for Chicago is kind of a light year, isn't it? Well, compared to last year, it was we rounded out we rounded off the year with about 650 uh, homicides. And let me remind you, we got about six weeks to go. Okay, we're okay. We're not going to hit that number. We've got Thanksgiving. You know, people are usually huddled around, uh, feeling good, family. Except you're probably, when, you're so, probably right. When family gets together, oh, that homicide, good, that homicide rate jumps because what happens? You grab the last turkey leg. That's right. You grab get, the last piece of, grab the last rib. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get shamed. We know. We talk a lot about food shootings and stabbings on this show, don't we? So you're probably right. Maybe we will eclipse last year's number. Nah, we're 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 safe. We're not going to make it. Only uh, 430 to date. 21 and change wounded. Total shot for 2,600. Keeping the paramedics busy, saving a lot of people, as usual. Hey, absolutely. We love the CFD paramedics. They, uh, they're the rock stars of the gunshot community. They do their job. They rush in. They rush people out. Yeah. Get them to the hospital. You know, four seconds. I mean, four minutes. You got to do it quickly. Well, they're good at what they do, aren't they? Absolutely. That, that ambulance ride will cost you $1,000, though. Hey, you know, it'll be worth it. It's 1000 bucks. You'll live to work another day. And fight another day. Well, anyways, homicide rates down. It's good for the CFCPD. Good for the community. Uh, not as many people in the emergency rooms, uh, nursing homes. So, do the good police work because the uh, homicide solve rates hovering at about thirteen percent. Not too good. Well, besides the homicide uh, clear rate, the department basically there. Uh, they're saying that these falling numbers are largely due to uh, the uh, the high use of uh, high-tech crime fighting tools. Well, community policing works too, right? I yeah. mean, so they're out there, they're walking, they're biking, they're on horseback. Uh, it's getting a little better. Carjackings are bad, though. They're way, they're, they're up. What else? Shooting on the expressways, 38 killed this far, this um, to date this year. But I think the department's doing what they can. They're hiring more officers and... Uh, We'll see uh, what the next year's numbers look like. Well, one of our old friends is back in the news. Let me guess. Would it be uh, Mr. Officer Robert Rialmo? Bobby Rialmo's back in the news. Oh, my God. Bobby has had more ups and downs in the stock market. (laughs) You're probably right. For those of you who've forgotten, Bobby was um, a couple years ago involved in a shooting where he uh, shot a guy who was waving a baseball bat at him. 2015? Yep. 
and then uh, accidentally shoots a, wo- a lady who lives in the same apartment building. She gets shot in the head. The city settles with her for sixteen million in a civil suit. In the civil s- and uh, no criminal charges against Officer Riamo, right? Yeah, the initial shooting victim was Quintanio Legrier, and then Betty Jones was the unfortunate uh, victim in the accidental shooting. Right. Uh, city paid sixteen million on that one. Uh, they paid a million, but it got reduced. To, I think nothing on the uh, other one at civil trial. Joel Brot, the famous Joel Brodsky is Bobby Riamo's lawyer. He manages to get in the paper almost as much as Bob. He's always where the action's at, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> usually not too successful. But in this case, uh, uh, he's, done Riamo, right. he's done right by Riamo but, so but, far, right? Yeah, here's the problem. Riamo, now, Riamo's in the paper again because now the city and the f- police department has decided to fire him. Formally. Now, Superintendent Johnson said today or yesterday, rather. Uh, I'm not firing them because of the shooting. I'm firing them because of uh, department violations. It's unclear what those violations are, but there's been a number of incidents. Uh, he's been in a couple fights in bars on the street. There's been a lot of alcohol-fueled incidents, non-duty related, but now they've decided to fire him. What, the superintendent said he wasn't going to fire him before. What was that case? So he initially did not want to fire him, but then the uh, ACOPA, the uh, Civilian Office of Professional uh, Administration, they actually did want to fire him. So, in other words, there was a stalemate. So they had to refer that they had to refer the case to another uh, to the police board, and that member had a final say. And he actually he voted to uh, to uh, to fire him. Well, the superintendent stated he still doesn't want to fire him, and. I'm guessing, my guess is the superintendent's going to have his way at the end of the day. What do you think? Does Riamo keep his job? Riamo wants to work. He, he wants to go back out on the street. If I were a betting man, I think uh, I think he's going to lose his job. A lot of it has to do with the uh, Van Dyke trial. The public sentiment has a lot to do with it. It, it probably, you know, politics may play a lot into it. It's, uh, it's an election year. Uh, there, there are a lot of a lot of moving parts. Here, here's the big problem with Riamo, and and we kind of like Riamo, right? He's a character. He's a Chicago character, ex-Marine, hockey player, um, tough kid. And giving him the benefit of the doubt on that shooting, that happened. It's tragic. But here's the big problem: if Riamo goes back on the job, and there's a, another shooting incident in his career, they are going to get rung up like never before in civil court because they've been put on notice. Hey. Um, we've had a lot of problems with this guy. We tried to get rid of him. You let him back on, and now we have another dead civilian. That, that's that's what they're looking at, the potential liability on him. Well, he's a high-risk uh, city employee. He yeah. was already... He was, he was, he was already... Uh, he already fought a couple times at bars. Whether he was intoxicated or not, we don't know. I mean, he says he wasn't, but... I mean, yeah, it's a huge liability for the city. Well, he's already cost them over $17 million. That's not counting legal fees. That's just in judgments and money they've paid out. Uh, when we're, we're going to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, more gun stuff. Never ends. How are the guns getting here? All illegal for the most part. They're not buying them with FOID cards, right, Loop? You got it. You got it, Paul. Hey, yeah. Well, thanks for starting us off, Paul. When we come back, we are going to talk about how illegal gun sales are coming in through neighboring states. We'll talk about Jason Van Dyke. 
Is he going to be sentenced soon They're or back. not? Jason's back in the news, isn't he? Yeah. And an, another suburban cop is in the news. Something about uh, sex, you know, taping uh, sex acts. Something around along those lines. Not a good move in these days and times, is it? Yeah. And we're also going to get into uh, the Innocence Project, one of your uh, lifelong passions. The Innocence Project out of Texas is defending a prosecutor. That's the first nationwide. And it's out of Texas. You know, the Lone Star State. Well, thanks a lot, Paul. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. Welcome back, WLS AM 890. You can listen to the Popo Report at WLSAM.com at your leisure. With no commercials, no weather, no traffic. It's a, it's an easy uh, listen loop. I, I highly recommend it when you're... Uh, Driving down the road and got nothing else to do. I couldn't agree with you more, Paul. Or in the gym. Good place to listen to it in the gym. Laugh a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully not cry too much. No, absolutely. So, same old story. We're back to uh, illegal guns all over the city. Seems to be the big problem. What's the problem, Loop? How are the illegal guns getting in? we got the toughest gun laws in the country outside of New York City. Well, before we start talking about this, let's uh, let's mention, um, I mean... Top cop's death, uh, Paul Bauer, who was uh, tragically shot earlier this year. Uh, the gun seller who initially sold the gun that was used in that crime, he gets 37 months in jail, in federal prison, for that illegal gun transaction. Mr. Thomas Caldwell, he was sentenced Thursday in Madison, Wisconsin. Because he basically started that string of uh, that transaction that ultimately uh, killed Commander Bauer. And he got a gift, 37 months. He should have got about 37 years because the guy's an idiot. Right? This is the problem. He's selling guns to convicted felons. The ATF has been on him before over these sort of activities. What they've, was his defense? They, they've I, warned I, him. It's well, an addiction. Well, yeah, right? Yeah, it's an addiction. Now we got a, a, a really good guy dead because he has an addiction. This is this is just criminal. I'm glad he pled guilty and went off to the federal joint for 37 months. He deserves every day of it. And this happens across the country. Uh, you recreationally, people recreationally sell guns to make a little extra money. You know, they're not licensed. Yeah, nobody's getting rich selling guns. Let me tell you, guns are so expensive. It's tough to, it's, you're not going to get rich doing it. It's, it, you know. This isn't like selling weed, all right? This is not something you make a lot of money at unless you're an arms dealer and selling to, a, you know, a foreign nation. Uh, selling to Joe Gangbanger, uh, you're lucky if you make 20 bucks. This is ridiculous. People are getting killed for $20. Makes my head spin. These recreational sales lead to tragic deaths around the country. Oh, absolutely. Illinois has... I would say comparatively to other states around Illinois, we have pretty good gun laws. We, we they have, could be better, but we have good gun laws. Listen, you can't control stupid. You can't control criminals. Criminals are going to do what criminals do, and that is break the law. Uh, the rest of us abide by it. If you own weapons and you sell one, they have to have a valid FOID card. You have to document the transaction. Uh, there's all sorts of rules, and if you don't, you get in a lot of trouble. I think 99% of all gun owners are responsible would would not even consider doing something that's stupid, and uh, we got enough laws. We just 
you know, really need to tighten up this, the areas around us, right? Just a little factual information. You mentioned Illinois. Had, we, we mentioned Illinois has good good gun laws. We do require background checks for all gun purchases. In Wisconsin, no background checks are required for all gun transfers. For example, a gun show, private transfers. You don't require a background check. Some other states around the country uh, only require, par- require partial background checks, meaning just for uh, handguns. No long guns, uh, AR, AR-51s. AR-15s. AR AR-15s. Fi- sorry, AR-15s. Not, not AR-51. Come on. AR-15s. That's, the, that's yeah. a higher power rifle. Yeah. And, um, and other gun shows. So I think, we, I think we could all do better. We'll, well see we, what happens. Well, we have to. All right. On to the next one. What's our next story? Oh, the suburban police chief acting badly. Oh, before we get the suburban police chief, though, we were going to talk about uh, Jason Van Dyke. Don't forget about the suburban police chief. No, we're not going to forget story. about that guy. Our friend Jason Van Dyke, convicted uh, Chicago police officer, second degree homicide, uh, aggravated discharge of firearms, awaiting sentencing in front of our one of our favorite judges, Vinnie Gone, down at 26th Street. Was in court this week for a brief appearance. You know, he got some daylight. Good for him, right? He was in he was in town. He got a ride in the country, came up, got to look out the window. Don't get to look out the window in jail when you're on twenty three seven lockdown, right? Um so he got some fresh air, got got back to his home court and had about a you know, ten minute status hearing for a, a sentencing date to be determined. Pretty routine, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he'll probably have another couple uh, a lot of motions are going to be filed, right. motions for a new trial. There's going to be a lot of hearings going on prior to him actually being sentenced. But it's all good for him because it's day for day now. Every right. day he's in jail is one day less he's got to spend on the back end of that sentence. But uh, bigger news even happened than Jason getting a, <laughs> an outing at the 26th Street. Well, he was in town, you know, and his attorney was uh, filing his motions. The FOP, they were cutting ties with Mr. Dan Herbert. <laughs> They did more. Wow. Than cut, they did more than cut ties, and and I just looked up. He Dan Herbert was paid in 2016. That's not 17 and 18. Just 2016, uh, over six hundred thousand dollars by the FOP. That's a lot of. That's a lot of dough. You can and, buy a lot of handcuffs with that. And I'm my guess is his bill is a lot bigger in 2018 because the trial happened. So Dan, I've been told, uh, has been. Way over 1.5 million for a murder case. That that's that's close to a record in this county. Well, this that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, and that's defense being attorneys funded, aren't cheap. Defense that, attorneys aren't cheap. Yeah, but let me yeah, tell right. you, these kind of cases, most defense lawyers flat rate hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand plus expenses. Dan Herbert, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say he abused the FOP. They they went in this deal willingly with eyes open. But they had a board meeting, and they said, we are no longer recommending members of the police department to Dan Herbert. And let's understand this. I mean, Dan Herbert, he was with the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. He left in 2004, and he became in-house counsel and what did he do for the prior FOP to since 2004. What did, what did he do prior to uh, working for the state's attorney? He was the Popo. He was Chicago Popo. Mm-hmm. He, he, listen, and his dad was uh, Popo for Dick Devine. I mean, so he's got a long Big family. Big relationship yes. with uh, Dan Herbert. Yes, but the FOP has fired him, effectively. They had a board meeting and said, no more. We're not referring anybody else to you. And Dan Herbert says, uh, oh, and this all happened uh, uh, Thursday morning. And now Dan Herbert, uh, that big gravy train, man, has just 
went into the ditch on him. Well, he's uh, you know <laughs> a lot of police officers still are still familiar with the Dan Herbert name and yeah. what he's done. You know, the uh, FOP will still pay. You know, if if police officers decide to get representation of him, but they're not going to openly. So they're not uh, going to refer anymore. And uh, the FOP, of course, is not responding to the Tribune because they don't talk to the Tribune. And they're not responding to the CBS local because they don't talk to the CBS local. They're running out of people to talk to in the media. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That, well, we got a hold of this story, so that, they're that, talking to somebody, FO, right? That FOP is self-imploding over there. You watch. It's coming. It's bad move after bad move after bad move. Well, the FOP's making moves. Here, Paul, when we come back around and... On the Popo Report, we're still going to get to that suburban cop who was uh, caught taping Uh-oh. while he was uh, performing Uh-oh. some, he, I'm, I'm guessing some sexual he, acts. He hasn't been keeping up with the Me Too movement. Yeah, we're going to get to your Innocence Project, too. Ah, it's love, a wonderful we, story. We out love of, the Innocence Project. Great story out of Texas. It is a great story. Thanks, uh, Paul, my partner in crime. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you on the turnaround. Here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago. And the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is the Popo Report. You're listening. Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre, Popo Report, Saturday night, Chicago. You can't have more fun anywhere else than right here. 890 AM on your dial. Yeah. It's a brisk Saturday night. Thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you. We appreciate you listening. And we got a pretty good story for you here. I like this story, Lupe. This guy has totally he's been asleep. Has he been he's been in a coma or something? What it what we got a first off, suburban park district police chief charge. I didn't realize you can be that. Well listen. Park district police chief. <laughs> listen. Uh, Must I, be a great job. He it's that's a tough job, huh? Tough being job. being the Chief of Police of the Chicago Heights Park District Police Department. Not to be confused with South Chicago Heights PD or the Chicago Heights PD. This is the Park District PD. And uh, Christian Degree is in big trouble. Well, yeah. Chief. Chief. Chief chief Degree. Chief Degree. (laughs) The chief. And he's a young chief. He's only 40 years old. He was involved in some off-duty extracurricular activity. Uh, down in the South Loop. He doesn't live in the Heights. Yeah, you know, he... He's, he he's awful a, far north of the Heights, but yeah. but he's still in Cook County. Yeah. This is a problem. What do you get charged with, Lupe? Well, among other things, non-consensual dissemination of a private sexual image, intimidation, and possession of a controlled substance. Here, Not good charges here, for the uh, police chief. The police These chief... These are just charges, though. You know. They're just mere allegations mere at this allegations, point. Yeah. So what happened? He was uh, videotaping his love life at his uh, Southside condo in the Loop and sharing it, apparently, with somebody, maybe other than the participants. And these weren't accidental tapings. Oh, no, no. He was The place was wired for... His uh, apartment was geared. Yes, for recording sexual encounters. That's right. He wanted, <laughs> with he, wanted his, to, he wanted to watch himself with his in action. girlfriends, with his girlfriend. Who doesn't like watching themselves when they're, you know? Uh, not me, okay? I don't want to see it. It's scary. The thought of it's scary. But Christian, <laughs> Christian not only recorded it, then he sent it to people. He shared it, exactly. You know, first it was non-consensual recordings, and then he disseminated 
He shared these images uh, I, I see with about, his social media buddies. Oh, listen. There's going to be about 60 ticked-off women, Me Too people, at his court hearings. They're going to be wearing him out. I'm, I'm guessing Chicago Heights fellas, there's an opening, I'm thinking, real soon. Chief, Chicago Heights Park District Police Chief opening. I'm uh, predicting uh, Christian may not be going to back to work for a while. Hey, but needless to say... Police chief degree through his attorney denies all these allegations. All right, uh, he's innocent until proven guilty. Still, yeah. still in this country, we have that going on. You got it. And Christian, Christian is living for that moment. You got it. We're going to move on to uh, the wrongful conviction corner. And here, this is actually a, a brand new segment uh, to the Popo Report, and uh, this is one of uh, Mr. Pasolino's passions. He's, uh, he's been involved in cases uh, like the one we're going to highlight for a long time. And just for some quick background, the Innocence Project was founded in 1992 by Peter Neufeld and Barry Sheck at the Cordozo School of Law. You remember who Barry Sheck is? I Paul? know uh, both of them individuals very well. We're uh, close professional colleagues. We, yeah. I've been dealing with them for a long time. And I should mention they primarily deal in issues involving DNA. Um, and criminal justice reforms, correct? Right, yes, but their 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 claim to fame is, and they're famous for it, is uh, DNA. As you all, most of you know, Sheck and Newfeld represented O.J. Simpson right. with regard to DNA issues, and uh, they gave the country a a, a real, lesson, a lesson, schooling, th- a schooling. They know more about it than the scientists, right. for the most part. These guys are as good as it gets on DNA issues, but. In this particular case, our uh, Innocence Project from Northwestern, for the first time ever, is representing a prosecutor. I should say former prosecutor down in Texas in front of the Supreme Court down there. Eric Hillman, assistant, he was, the, he was an assistant district, district attorney in uh, Nuisance County down in Texas. And here's the problem. Eric did what all good prosecutors should be doing. He wanted to disclose what we call Brady material. And Brady material is simply evidence that would tend to show the defendant is innocent. That proves something that's contrary to what the state's trying to do and convict him. Hillman's, who's a prosecutor at the time, decides, hey, uh, I've come across some Brady material. I'm going to turn it over to the defense lawyers because by law and ethically, that's what I'm required to do. And what did Hillman's uh, superiors have to say about that, Lupe? He said, keep that information to yourself. You don't have to turn it over to defense attorneys <laughs> because it came from an independent investigation. Uh, it just doesn't sound right. Well, here, here's why it doesn't sound right, because it isn't right. Yeah. And, and, and the issue is, is as a moral and ethical obligation, all right, as a prosecutor. Listen, you represent the people, not the prosecutor's right. office. You're representing victims. You still have to abide by rules and laws and your bosses can't override that because they don't like some evidence that showed up at the door that would tend to make them look bad because, uh-oh, we charged the wrong guy. Yeah. Hillman uh, paid attention in ethics class at law school, didn't he? Right. And what did he say? He said, uh, uh, no, I, I don't think I'm going to keep it to myself. And I, that's exactly what he was supposed to do. And for his trouble, what happened? He got fired. And this is why... This is what makes everybody crazy in the innocence projects, right? Because this 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 Brady material, this evidence usually was long known before long before anyone else on the defense team heard about it. 
the police knew about it, the prosecutors knew about it, and they usually withhold it. Guy sits in jail for 18 years. It eventually comes out. Not a guy gets out. Sues the county because he was wrongfully convicted. Wins multi-million dollars, and they're wondering why uh, this happened. Right. They want to blame everybody, but the fault lies right at their doorstep. And Hillman, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to do the ethical thing. He wants to do the thing he was taught in law school that, that was dr- drilled into him. Listen, uh, we have a set of rules and laws we play by. If we don't play by them, we're bad guys. Hillman's bosses were bad guys. So what happened is they fired him, and the Innocence Project decided to represent him. First time they've ever represented a, a prosecutor in any capacity. And, and, and hooray for them, because this is a case... That screams for help. And uh, Hillman's colleagues, for whatever reason, in Texas didn't step up, but the Innocence Project at Northwestern did, and uh, bravo to them because that was really a, a, a good move on their part. That, I mean, listen, it, it, these prosecutors got to know they have some coverage. Right. If I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to lose my job over it, I'm going to lose my pension over it, uh, somebody's got to step up and help me out here for, for doing what I should be doing. I shouldn't be punished for doing the ethical and legal thing. And that's in keeping with the Innocence Project's mission, which is essentially to uh, get these innocent people who are wrongfully incarcerated out of jail and bring some reforms, reform and sensibility to the criminal justice right, system well, this, this in is, a whole. This is stuff that doesn't need to be reforming because it's black-letter law. If you find evidence that shows that a defendant is innocent, you turn it over. And if you don't turn it over, you're going to get caught and you're going to be in big trouble later on. But the problem is, of course, is when they get caught doing it, nobody ever does anything to them. Right. Prosecutors don't get prosecuted for withholding evidence. Exactly. They may even, most of the time, they never lose their job. Generally, they get promoted to a judgeship in the county where they allow other prosecutors to act up. So the Innocence Project's making a big statement here. We're, we're going to stand behind you guys that do the right thing, the legal thing, the ethical thing. And we're going to hear more about the Innocence Project and the wrongful conviction corner from Paul Cialino. You've been listening to the Pulpo Report on WS AM 890. On the turnaround, we're going to get to a woman who was charged with stealing credit card points and a woman who fainted when she found out her bail, you know. I would faint too if I had to pay two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollar bill. I love when they faint in bond court. Thanks for listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM eight ninety. Bad of the bone. Welcome back to the Popo Report WLS AM eight ninety. For your listening pleasure, when we're not on WLSAM.com. Popo Report twenty four seven now. Social media. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on Instagram. And why don't you hop over to Facebook and see what we're going, see what's going on with the Popo Report. Yeah, we're not really up on that Facebook stuff, are we? We're a little slow on that. We're getting there. We're getting there. There's but, a lot to do. But the Popo Report is uh, prominently shown on WLSAM.com, and uh, they do a really nice job of uh, uh, cutting tape and putting the show back on for us. It's great. I love it. Great so, podcast. This is a great story coming up. What happened, Lupe? We got a woman who faints before receiving a $20,000 bail because, she, well, it resulted from a come fatal hit-and-run accident in Wicker Park. I would, you know... Dude, 20, that, that's a kiss. That's she, nothing, she, right? She needs two grand to walk out the front door, okay? You walk down there with the old MasterCard and post a bond. That's, that's no fainting reason. $2 million bond. You got to show up with two hundred k. That's reason to faint. 20000 yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm calling. You know what? I'm I'm thinking this is a fake faint. Well, you know what I think? I don't the, think she really fainted. I just think there's a little drama going on for the judge. 
Well, her defense attorney did a great job. I mean, you get a $20,000 bail for being charged with reckless yes. homicide and aggravated yes. driving under the influence. He's probably kicking her when she fell down. What's the matter with you? Get up. It's 20K, 2K to walk, baby. You, you just committed a whole bunch of felonies. I'm walking you out of here on a gift. I got a great feigning story at all. Suge Knight. Remember Suge Knight? Suge Knight, the rap mogul, right? He gets charged a couple years ago with a homicide. He foolishly commits on videotape with his pickup truck. He runs down a rival in a parking lot in broad daylight. So Suge goes to court. Now, Suge is like 6'5", 350. No question about it. Suge is a bad man. All right? Bad big man. Yeah. Bad big man. Used to play professional football, college football. Suge can hurt you. And if you drive a 7,500-pound pickup truck, apparently he hurts you pretty good. Well, he goes to bond court, and the judge dropped the big number on Suge for bond. that has got a lot of rat money. I mean, why would this scare him? Here, the, here's the problem. Suge thought he'd walking out of there. With a, yeah, okay, I could post a million, two million. Not a problem. No sweat for Suge Knight. I got dough. What happened? The judge hit him with like a big number, like a $100 million bond. And Suge passed dead out. 66350 hit the floor like a ton of concrete, man. So what the hell is Miss Melanata worried about? Well, you know, Suge had reason to pass out because right. Suge, Suge was counting. He's thinking, I know I got to do this tonight when I get out, and I got to do this tomorrow. I got to go intimidate some witnesses. I got to get the boys rolling on this. All of a sudden, Suge is like, uh-oh. Oh, no getting out. <laughs> I don't it hit him to. hard, man. Suge took it hard. Suge should have taken it hard. Because he never did get out, and he just recently pled guilty to that murder. So, Chug's uh, Ch Ch uh, got a little bit of advanced age on him now. He's no kid alone longer. He gets out of jail, he's going to be an old, old man. I'm, I'm guessing uh, there won't be too much rapping in his future unless he's doing it in solitary. Well, from uh, from our local story, story and then to a Suge Knight, we've got another one where a woman was charged with stealing credit card points. That really? sounds that sounds really? pretty that sounds pretty fishy, she, right? She got charged with a felony. Yeah, well. she her here. Okay, here here here's the story. It's eleven it's eleven thousand dollars worth of credit card points. Well, what does that mean? All right, did she use them for travel? What I, I they, the story doesn't really go into great detail, but I have never heard of anyone getting charged for stealing credit card points. Now, clearly, she's in a position. She's working for some position government. Position of trust, exactly, right? as a government employee. Yeah. You know. And she's uh, she tells you uh, credit card companies, hey, hey, just slip them points over to my account. You can transfer them to my account because I have full authority. Because the city's not the city or the municipality's not going to use them. What are they going to use these points for? I could use them a whole lot better. That's right. I got, I got a bunch of kids I got to take down to Disney World on those points. But... Uh, it's the first time I've ever heard of anybody being charged with this. That's why it's making the Popo report tonight. So, folks, if you work for government, don't get tempted. You can't take anything. Nothing. You don't get anything for free in this life. And if you take the points that don't belong to you, well, you can now be charged with a felony. Think about that one for a while. There goes the job. There goes the pension. Probably not going to go to jail. But you'd be doing a lot of community service. You'd be in that little orange top on the side of I-88 picking up garbage uh, come come this summer. Listen, a government job, there's a, it's, there's a revolving door constantly. If you're a longtime employee, you, you've got a, you got some tricks up your sleeve. When a newbie comes in, he starts looking around. 
you know, looking to see what's going on with with the, with the books, with paperwork, they're going to find something, some irregularities, and this that's what pro- that's what probably happened here. Someone was snooping around, and you hey. know, this doesn't look normal. Hey, why aren't all, all, why all are these points using? <laughs> all these points properly? are just sitting here. Nobody's going to use them. What's the problem, right? The problem is it's a felony. So before you do something like that, eh, call up your local lawyer and go down and spend a couple hundred bucks and get get some good advice. He, he or she will tell you, not a good idea, my friend. Leave the points alone. Yeah, so now we're going from Wheaton, Illinois, pa, to Bolingbrook. Uh, we love Bolingbrook. Bolingbrook uh, is in Will County and DePage County. It's one of those towns that split. So they get to go to court in two different counties from Bolingbrook. But what happened, what happened in Bolingbrook the other evening? At White Castle. Yeah, White Castle customer lands in Will County Slammer. So, like, apparently this guy was at the drive-thru. On the Will County side of Bolingbrook. He he was trying to get some sliders. He was trying to get some some fries. He was trying to get some food in them. And uh, he had it out with the the drive-thru lady. What's the problem? Why? Listen. It's just White Castle's just sliders. Hey, it's a joyful occasion when you go to White Castle. I know you, Lupe, are a health guy on this show. Probably not a White Castle's guy. See you, Lino? Absolutely a White Castle's guy. Not allowed to eat it, but I'll, I'll sneak eat them once in a while. I'll do a vegan slider any day. There you go. But it's a happy place. It's like White Castle should be a good thing. You're going there and you're eating some guilty food. Some little sliders that go right down, right? This guy wasn't too happy. What did he do? Well, apparently uh, he had a, there was a disturbance at the, uh, at the drive-thru counter. Uh, he claims to have paid for his food. They say he hasn't paid. They had enough. They called the Popo. Popo came. He didn't leave the property. He basically just left the drive-thru area and parked in the parking lot. Popo comes knocking on the door. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What seems to be the problem? Starts giving him more loops. Oops. Oops. This is where it goes south for him, right? Starts, yeah, he continues Listen. being uncooperative with the Popo and initially with... With White Castle. The, the Popo wanted to cut the dude a break. They wanted to kick him loose. Now, I got to tell you, I w- used to work with the Bolingbrook Popo. They're pretty tough out there. They're, they're only going to put up with a certain amount of garbage. And then you get put in handcuffs and you going down to the Bolingbrook Popo station. Here, this, 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 init- this is a situation where it might just be a matter of uh, disagreement, you know. You know, you're probably, yes, you're, yes. Prob- you're probably, you're probably, you're uh, probably slightly intoxicated because you're going to White Castle. That's not even coming up at this point, though. He's getting all kinds of breaks. Okay, we're not going to make you pay. Just go Just home. Just leave, 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 leave. Go home. Okay. Isn't that great advice? When Forget- the Popo tell you, go home, That that's not always going to be an option when you deal with the Popo. Yeah, and, and here, they probably would have, like, you know, just leave your keys in your car and... And walk away from the situation. Come back and pick up your car tomorrow because you're not. You don't appear like you should be driving in the first place. And we're giving you a break. We're not going to pop you for DUI and cost you five thousand dollars in attorney fees and fines and na 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 na. This guy is getting all the breaks in the world. And then what does he do? Continues. Yeah, continues to plead his case. And oh, I bet I bet he wasn't pleading it in a very nice manner. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll bet this guy was not being nice at all. And the popo. Of course, now what's happening? More popos showing up, right? Now we got a little popo party in the parking lot, and some sergeant rolled her off. She goes, "You know what? Before we get to that, uh, yeah, the extra popo party, we're going to take a break, Paul. You can listen to the popo report on WSAM eight ninety. We'll be back with more from Bolingbrook Police Department." 
The Popo Report. Paul Cialino is a licensed and board certified private investigator. He's the first and only expert in homicide investigation hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on-air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Popo Report. Welcome back to the Popo Report. Saturday night, Chicago, WLS AM 890. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, your host. Coming back at you, Paul. That's right. We're talking about the popo, the lawyers, the judges, the be- the stupid criminals, and misdemeanors or felons. We like them both. Yeah. If the misdemeanor's interesting enough, you make the popo report. Yeah. Felony, uh, it's got to be interesting too because there's a lot of routine felonies. We like those weird felonies. But we this one's a misdemeanor. Mr. Bruce, Bolingbrook, PD, White Castles, all right. One thirty in the morning, the, you know the red flags are adding up. Popo party shows up at right. the White Castle well, parking Popo lot. Popo shows up. There's a little dispute at the drive-through window. Mister Bruce uh, doesn't like his order. Doesn't want to pay for his order. Uh, it gets heated. The White Castle employees, who are used to dealing with this sort of customer at one thirty in the morning, call the Popo. They couldn't resolve it. Popo show up. The Popo's being pretty nice, aren't they, Luke? They just want to get this guy out of here. Just get me on your way. You've got better things to do. It's a hot, you know. It's it, it, it's going on. It, yeah. It's a Saturday. You know, it's 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 a rocking night. Let's let's get this clown out of here. That's right. Bolingbrook is a pretty tough town. There's a lot going on at one thirty in the morning, and they don't want to be dealing with the White Castle's lunatics. Even though it is one thirty a.m. Sunday, you know, it's still rocking. Right? I'm guessing Mr. Bruce is not on his way to church, no. right? And he gets he gets you know. He gets nasty with the popo. Not a, not a good move in Bolingbrook. Well, they basically just they're just asking him go you home, know, or go home, or you know, or even <laughs> step out of the car so we could like so we could talk to you, so we could just you Dude, know just a little one on one encounter. Give it up. Go he, home. We don't want to arrest you. We don't want to do paper. Yeah, they did everything but buy them White Castles and drive them home, okay? But that apparently was not good enough for Mr. Bruce. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, <laughs> he was finally yanked out of his car by the Burlingbrook Police oh. Police Department. And and it still continued to get worse, did it not? Yeah, he was arrested on <laughs> multiple charges. We got criminal trespass to property. We got disorderly conduct. We got resisting a police officer and a little DUI action to boot, right? I got to tell you, that's what they call in the old days throwing the book at you. They wrote every ticket they could write. I, I'm sure he got a parker and a mover. And then, right? it, then it, and it, he got his car towed. And it gets worse, doesn't it? Because what happens? Mr. Bruce gets taken into custody. Put in a squad car, taken down to the PD, and what happens when he gets down there? Well, while at the department, he becomes combative. Yeah, you know what? You don't want to fight with the police either on the street, especially in the station. You know, you don't want to fight in the Popo station because it, why? That's there are what, a lot of Popo in there. <laughs> there's a lot of Popo there, and the Popo like a good fight at one thirty in the morning. Get the blood flowing, right? I mean, you know, you don't have a lot of going on. And Mr. Bruce shows up and decides to take down one of the popo. Big mistake. Because yeah. I seen his booking picture at Will County Jail. Yeah, that's another felony charge. That's another Egg felony charge. to a police officer. Oops, he didn't have any felonies till he got to the Bolingbrook PD. And then he jumps on one of the Bolingbrook officers. Bad move. He went from a slap on the wrist no, to a felony no, charge. No, it's worse. He went to, go home, dude. 
Nothing's going Slap on, on the here. wrist, exactly. That's, that's right. Go home. Yeah, let's call it a bad evening. To now, you know, a criminal defense lawyer is going to go, I need 10K, Mr. Bruce. By the way, he doesn't look like he can afford 10K, so it's probably the public defender for Mr. Bruce. He's looking pretty rough, okay? Yeah. And he's looking even more rougher after he decided to do combat with the popo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about stupid, right? I mean, it doesn't get any dumber. A local Chicago resident decides to go out to Bolingbrook and cause some chaos. Well, what? it's a good thing you didn't fight with the Chicago football because we know bad things really happen when what you a fight bad, with those what guys. What a bad move all around, right, Paul? <laughs> bad move all around. He's lucky he was in Bolingbrook. He uh, was able to walk the bond court unassisted. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it probably didn't make bond. Because uh, guys like Mr. Bruce usually don't have anything but about eight bucks in his pocket and uh, a bunch of stupid in the other pocket. Maybe spend a couple, a couple, two, three days in a slammer, right? All right, so sports fans, all right, if you're drunk, stay out of the drive-thru at White Castle. They yeah. will call the popo. They won't put up with your garbage. And uh, bad things will happen after they get there. That's some good, sensible advice from the popo report. Go home and order it, all right? There's all kinds of people that will bring it to you. Well... From this uh, drunken, disorderly guy, we've got actually it's it's a uh, it's a uh, kind of a sad story out of a uh, Cary, North Carolina, and it basically it, this this story resonates nationwide. Uh, we primarily try to focus on uh, local stories on the Popo Report, but you know we could actually learn something from the story. Uh, we have a single mom who's accused of leaving her two children by the side of the road. She claims she was too exhausted to continue uh, to take care of him. I mean, that's not a good enough excuse. That just doesn't fly anywhere. I, I get it. I, I, I understand. I'm a single mom, right? No babysitter, no daddy, no boyfriend, no grandma in the house. She's she. It, the weight is on top of her, man. She's got a 9-year-old and a 19-month-old, which means somebody's in diapers, right? Somebody needs a lot of constant care. And she just said, hey, time out. I'm done. I mean, that's fine. You could there's, you could decide to do that. There's options. But there's a legal process you have to follow. You know, you could relinquish. What, what, what are you saying? You can't drop your kids off on the side of the road and say, sayonara, I'm done with you? Unfortunately, no. That nine-year-old could take care of that 19-month-old for a little while. Maybe for, uh, maybe for a minute. Maybe for like 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah, no. But you know what? I'll joke and aside. There is there is a process people have to follow. What is that process? Because listen, we're joking, but this right. is serious stuff. This is how children get killed. Yeah, yeah. No parental supervision. You can't drop them off at the side of the road or at a bus stop or some other place of convenience for you. You know that legal process is called adoption. <laughs> how about that? That's a long process. She, <laughs> I'm guessing she didn't want to mess with that process, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna road dump them. Listen, the Department of Children and Family Services, when all else fails, call 1-800-252-ABUSE in Illinois. They will come out and pick up your kid. And what they call it, the the language there is lockout. You've locked your child out of the house. doesn't matter what age. They will come get them and put them in a safe environment, hopefully. Foster home, uh, some kind of institution. But at least you won't be charged with any criminal offenses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you want to do it that road, but if you want to, you know, want to want to do the adoption road. I mean, there's uh, it's a long drawn out thing. It's a long drawn but, out. But the immediate problem of, yeah. of being overwhelmed with kids, right? And and 
But you don't immediately get overwhelmed with kids. This is this has been going on for a long time. Well, at least nineteen you're just, months, right? You just pro- you just pro- you're you're at your wits end. But you know what? Let's not get to that point. Let's you know if you want there's help. If you want to terminate your parental responsibilities, yes. Yes. there's help. There okay? is help, and and usually there's relatives and grandmothers and grandfathers and people who will come to your aid. So don't drop your kids off the side of the road. But hey, let's talk about the babies, right? Newborns. Newborn, so yeah. In What's our Illinois, policy in Chicago? In Illinois, we have a, a safe haven law. Basically, if you are pregnant and unable to keep your baby and it's born, you may legally hand your child over if it's under 30 days old, either to a hospital, fire, or police station, or emergency care facility. Your baby will be, give, be given medical care and be adopted by a loving family. Uh, you could call 1 888 510 2229. They'll give you more confidential information. I've seen at fire stations like boxes where you could open the box up and put the kid in. Literally. Sort of like a bank deposit box at night. Right? You pull open the drawer, drop the baby in there, and the fire department will take care of that baby. No need to throw him in the dumpster, down the toilet, what have you, off the end of the building, down the garbage chute. Right? There is help. There you go. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WLS AM 890. On the turnaround, we're going to talk about medical marijuana. Back to the Popo Report. Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre, my esteemed colleague. You're looking good tonight, man. You're too generous at all. Handsome. You're too generous, Paul. Looking good. That rolly on the left wrist. Got the glasses on. Look real educated and stuff. (laughs) The smart guy of the dynamic duo here. The guy with a law degree. Like smart people. Yeah. WLSAM 890, Chicago. Saturday night. You having fun yet? We hope so. And talk about one of Lupe's favorite subjects, medical marijuana. Hey, uh, marijuana is a big topic nationwide, and uh, you know, you know what happened a couple days ago in, in Michigan. Michigan made it uh, recreational pot legal. They beat Illinois. How about that? But what that, a shock, huh? That we got beat at anything. We're such a progressive state, we couldn't even get that, you know, get that together. They're, yet. they're just barely functioning with medical marijuana in the state, and it, it's a quagmire. It's a hot mess. I don't use it, but I have a lot of friends that do. Medically, it's been proven to be very effective. Uh, we're dragging and dragging like you can't believe in this state. Uh, Michigan just made it legal. It's going to take them a couple years to get ramped up. It, Canada just made it. Canada made the whole the whole country said, come on up. Hey, listen, there are a lot of popo countrywide who support um, marijuana use, I have a very, legalized marijuana use. I have a marijuana very good use. friend who's the head of a normal chapter in Illinois, retired police officer, and he will... Uh, Go anywhere and talk about why it's beneficial to make marijuana legal. There's a lot of cops out there that support it. Why? It's a big waste of time on the street. You grab a guy with a joint, you're going to lock him up? Yeah, you're going to waste a lot of time putting him in jail. Uh, no now, one wants to deal with that, yeah. right? The yeah, gen- yeah, you're right. Yeah. The gener- I mean, listen, the, gener- the cops who were 65 were smoking pot right. regularly back in the day. All right. So, I mean, never mind the generations below. My, most police departments now will not disqualify you for using marijuana prior to coming on the job. Right. In the old days, that was a dead-bang killer, if you were stupid enough to admit it, right? But uh, Colorado, it's legal. Oregon, it's legal. Michigan, it's legal. It's, the trend's coming, right? And and here's how we know the trend is coming, because the big boys with dough is getting involved. There's a lot of money's getting involved, exactly. $8 billion fund created the other day by some right. hedge fund guy for the sole purpose of marijuana companies and corporations and that stock jumped 
the political winds are definitely uh, looking in that direction. Listen, just like the lottery, right? We heard all, we had all the crazies come out and say the lottery is evil, it's bad, and then when they found out they could make billions of dollars on the lottery, we, the lottery in Illinois was purposely set up to pay for education in this state. Right. Quickly, of course, we know love the little politicians. They stole that money and used it for other things, and education still underfunded. Uh, the same thing's going to happen with marijuana because they're going to find out. I, I think Colorado made uh, the first year three billion net taxes poured into the state from marijuana dispensaries. Right now, I will tell you who people live in Colorado. Uh, a lot of them are not happy with it because you got people smoking pot all over. They're on the streets. They're in the restaurants. Um, some states said traffic accidents have jumped dramatically from marijuana use. Uh, some have said no, they actually went down. I don't know. Mm-hmm. what the facts are there, but I would imagine if you lit up a marijuana, you're wrecking the car occasionally. So it's a uh, quality of life thing, too. I mean, I'm not sure I want to be sitting on Rush Street this summer and everyone blowing dope in my face. It's definitely coming throughout the Midwest, and incidentally, in this past election in the midterms, there was a referendum question posed to local uh, local voters. Would you want to use the revenue generated from, you know, medical or marijuana use mar- marijuana sales right. to fund help fund the uh the public schools and I believe, <laughs> just like I, we tried it with the lottery it didn't work maybe we could do it with reefer but hey you know it's coming let's hope so all right yeah. it's a common sense thing it's a great revenue uh starter come on you illinois polls let's let's get the marijuana thing passed let's start collecting the dough let's start selling it <laughs> At Target and Walgreens and the other pharmacy places in, in town. And uh, listen, it, it it's good for everybody. And frankly, booze is, you know, bad news, right? right, right. In every respect, health-wise, society-wise. Might as well do it with marijuana. Marijuana has been proven to be a lot lesser of the two evils. And we need to dough. Well, listen, we've got a story out of Adams County, Pennsylvania. Well, you know what? We have a basically a, a woman who didn't think that was such a good idea for her husband to continue using medicinal marijuana. And uh, she go, just goes off on him. You know, what's the problem? Wait, hey, honey, I'm not feeling well. I got a little... My, the lower back is kicked in, man. My sciatica is killing me. Let me just smoke a bowl. Let you me know, just get a smoke hit. a little bowl here and, and I'll be good. She was just tired of him smoking that, you know, medicinal weed. And just starts slashing them. Uh-oh. The knives come out? Literally? Literally. A wife with a bad attitude will hurt you, man. You, you don't want to get them too aggravated. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing she said enough dope smoking a bunch of times, and he wasn't paying attention. Well, Miss Palma Conrad, she's facing attempted murder, Oops. attempted homo- homicide, Ooh. and two counts Ooh. of aggravated assault. Who bailed her out? I bet he bailed her out of jail, though. No, no. Does it say? It doesn't say. But you know the kicker, though. Um, she was actually disappointed that he was still alive when the police arrived. She's not very nice. No. No? She's not the nice, loving, kind wife, is she? She was putting up with this pot use for a long time. And she she finally <laughs> oh, I'm snapped. guessing there were other issues besides pot use in this marriage, okay? This was just, uh, you know, her breaking point. Listen. If she smoked a little weed with the old man, none of this would have happened, right? She'd have mellowed out. There, there would have been no stabbing, slashing, telling the popo, "I wish he was dead. I didn't do a good enough job." You know, maybe, uh, maybe the victim didn't believe in puff, puff, give. 
Maybe that was the problem. That was definitely the problem. I'm not sharing that joint with you, baby, okay? And she goes, yeah? <laughs> Good. Well, maybe we'll just stab you a few hundred times, and I'll smoke all the pot alone. Yeah, well. That's the backstory. That's what I'm. That's a better story than, you know, I'm just upset with you smoking pot. Well, hopefully this guy makes it out alive, huh? Well, he is alive, right? He survived it. Out of the hospital. Yeah. That'd be okay. He'll be fine. He's gonna smoke a little bit more pot. All that pain will go away. He'll be it'll be good. Um my advice, next wife, yeah, meet her at the dispensary where you get your medical marijuana, okay? Find a common ground. Isn't that the key to marriage, Lupe? That's some great advice. You yeah, find, find common a common ground. ground. Be friendly. Make friends, even with your wife. Don't don't bogart the joint. Otherwise bad keep, things may happen. Keep your wife happy and from from happy wives, we're going to go to we're going to go to funky crimes and punishment around the nation. Uh, we, what do you our, think about that? That's our favorite. We love this stuff, right? We're going to travel across the country, bringing you, bringing you some hilarious, uh, hilarious crimes. And uh, <laughs> why, why is it most punishment? of the time though we're in Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee? I mean, why is the South such a great contributor? Well, before we get to the South, Paul, we're going to start in Kansas City, Missouri, where police recover a stolen inflatable colon. <laughs> Come on, you're lying. Yeah. Like, how big was this stolen inflatable colon? It's a 10-foot, 150-pound prop. It was worth about, what is that, $4,000 when it was stolen? That's a from, pretty big from colon. From the back of a pickup truck? Where's yeah. that, what kind of colon is that big? Well, it was used for a campaign, you know. Sure. You know, get out the message. You got you to get your rear in gear. Yeah, well, the problem with colon stuff is that, you know, in, in order to check that stuff out, it's, it's not a pleasant procedure. Well, you know what? They found that colon and they brought it back. You know, it, everyone's happy. And, and we joke, but it was used by the American Cancer Society, right, to bring awareness right. to colon cancer and show, uh, hey, here, this is, this is what happens to your colon when it gets cancer. Yeah, that that's the silver, silver lining in that story. Yep. We'll continue with more... Uh, funky crimes across the country when we come back with the Popo Report. You've been listening on WLS AM 890. We'll see you back in a few. Here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago. And the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is the Popo Report. WLS AM 890. Saturday night in Chicago. With Paul Cialino and Lupe Aguirre, the Popo Report, talking to you about what's important out there in Popo news. Criminals, stupid criminals, crazy criminals, crazy judges. Any judges chasing anybody down this week? Tackling them? I don't think so. <laughs> it's too bad. Judge Buzzard. I, I, I could do Judge Buzzard story. Another Judge day. Buzzard story? Yeah, I'm but, sure, uh, I'm sure it'll be in the news again. Judge, Judge Buzzard wasn't down in uh, Tennessee the other day when uh, ladies bare half of her body comes down through the ceiling in a restaurant. Imagine working in the back of the kitchen. You know, you're 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 prepping, you're doing your mise en place, you're uh, you know, cooking up a meal for your for your customers and then you look up and you see, you know, some some booty just well, hanging I, from I the ceiling. I gotta tell you, having uh, started my career as a busboy and a pot washer in restaurants We've all, I mean, I've done it, I've right? bartending, I mean, a serving. Lot of us, a lot of us have, it's not a lot of fun, 
washing pots and dishes all night. It gets hot back there. Yeah, it's yeah. hot. It's nasty. It's boring, right? Yeah. You, you, yeah, you're playing some music back there. You're, you know, you're back you're, in the day for me. There was no music because that damn dishwasher was so loud, you couldn't hear hear yourself think. But the point being is, you're back there alone. There's nothing going on. And I, I mean, how do you say it in Spanish? It's from where? Huh? <laughs> from arriba. Up. Yeah. Yeah, up, up. Yeah, look, look, look what I found. I got a naked lady hanging out of the ceiling. This makes your night. If you're the dishwasher, this is a good thing. Back of the house is enjoying the situation. Yeah, 26 year old Harley Morton. She just fell from the sky. And here's the problem. What was she okay, doing there the in the problem. first place? Harley, okay. I bet meth is going to be involved in this story. Some PCP, uh, some, gonna, some, some illegal narcotics, illegal, some yes, illegal narcotics. Yes. She's up in the ceiling doing what? And she's half naked. But the good news is, you know, in case there was any problem with her ID, the Popo found her wallet and ID up in the ceiling. Yeah. So how did she get there? She probably went through the, uh, I don't know, the uh, some kind the of duct system, some kind of duct system, right? And she, 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 she crawled out of her drawers and got naked. So she could fit through the air conditioning. And she gets up into the ceiling. This is an old burglar trick, right? Go in the store next door, right? Because sometimes you have a common ceiling. No wall going all the way up. No firewalls. If it's an old building especially. So you're, you know, you're dancing around the, the ceiling trying to remain undetected so you could burglar something later. And young Harley, you know, the name Harley, right? Who names her kid Harley. They're probably motorcycle, might probably motorcycle enthusiasts. Yes, yes. Imagine a, a wonderful upbringing with a young lady named Harley. Okay, I've named dogs Harley before, but Harley uh, can't catch a break because she falls through the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> right into the hands of the popo. <laughs> the the popo over there quickly, <laughs> and of course the arrest is made, and off to jail she goes. Did did she faint when they gave her a bond number? I don't know, but it's unclear she has an attorney. <laughs> so, we'll, my, leave, we'll leave my, it at that. I guess that's a public defender case. I'm, I'm just taking a wild stab here at all. But I, I'm guessing Harley does not have funds for private counsel, as they say. Yeah, well. Lupe, uh, you're not getting that call. I don't want that call. Mr. I'll, Aguilar, what's your retainer for falling through the ceiling naked? Too much for you, honey. <laughs> Can't say honey, Lupe. Even to Harley. Okay, well. Miss Harley, I'm sorry. Call the public defender's office. Let's move on to another woman from Texas. What did she do? What did this lady do? We've got an oversized dog head costume involved. That's never a good sign, You know, right? just passing how... Here, folks, if you're going to commit the crime with the costume head, with the big dog head, was this like uh, Ruff, the uh, police dog head, or was this another dog's head? Just, like a mascot dog, right? Big old floppy ears. Anyways, nothing too unusual about this dog head, folks. Post Halloween, dog heads, costumes, masks, bad it's idea. It's over. It's, it's over. bad. The popo going to be all over your butt if you're wearing any kind of mask or dog head, right? Yeah, especially it, if you're trying to rob a store, right? We, we call that clue, right? It's a clue. It's a big Some, clue. Big clue. Something bad's happening. So all you budding criminals, after October 31st, it doesn't work till the next October 31st. All right? All that space in between, leave the mask at home. Mask going to get you arrested, which is what happened here, right? Yeah, moral of the story is just if you're going to if you're going to commit a felony, you know, going to rob a store, make sure you uh, you know, 
It's not an oversized costume head. Well, she's got a sense of humor because Miss Dickens, you know, uh, gets chased by the popo, and she comes out of her car wearing the dog's head. I, you gotta like that. The, the popo gotta go. It's called. It's called more evidence, right? Yeah, that's right. And you're in Harris County, it's a hot. Houston deals with a lot of crime. This it's just very, very similar to Chicago. Same population size. Don't have near as many shootings, but uh, they're used to knuckleheads like this. But she comes out of the car. I'd like to see that police video, right? The poli- there's got to be a good video. Dash cam there's, video yeah. there's got to be a there's dash always. cam video of this this going on. Yeah, there's always dash cam video. But well, she's gonna she's gonna learn her lesson, right? Then she goes to jail, and what happens? Huh? She's, what happens? She starts acting a fool, starts spitting on everybody, uh, creating more of a mess again, for her. Right? Yeah, uh, she couldn't help herself. You just never learn. Just, once you get to the once you get to the popo station, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> And yes. just let yes. the process play out. You'll get an attorney at some point. You'll get out of jail. You'll post bond. Just keep yes. your mouth shut because yes. you're making it worse for yourself. <laughs> Don't spit on them. Don't fight with them. Don't have a bad attitude. No. Because jailers have no sense of humor. No. Not, none at all. When you start spitting and fighting, bad things happen. As we say, additional charges get filed. Just let the process play out, That's Paul. right. That's right. Go post your bond and go home. Yeah, yeah. Don't spit on your jailers. Yeah, well, you know, we're going from this oversized dog head costume into Oakland, California, where we have a severed head found in an Oakland yard. And what did the folks in Oakland do when they found this severed head? I mean, what would you do? They apparently I just grabbed it and took it to the police department. Listen, no one called 911. <laughs> Maybe no one had a phone. You think that's what's going on here? They grabbed, they grabbed the severed head, right? Yeah. And what do they do with it? They put it in the car. You think they put it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a plastic no, bag? No, in a, in a bowling no, ball bag? Not. They did not do that. They just dropped the head on the back seat. Come on. They did. I can't. We cannot pretty, make this up. That sounds pretty outrageous. This is usually a Florida story, but uh, this is Oakland, California. So uh, maybe some Floridians or South Carolinians moved up there. But they grabbed the head. Now, here, here begs the question, right? Uh, California, nice, nice, right? I mean, we got grass year round in California. Weather's pleasant. That's Northern California. It's not as pleasant as Southern California, but is somebody cutting the grass? I mean, the head's laying in the backyard for we don't know how long. Very decomposed. We're going to continue examining this case, Paul. You've been listening to the Popo Report on WS AM 890. And on the turnaround, we're going to get into, um, you know, people complaining about their crack dealers, people complaining about cocaine dealers. And we're going to finish up this story out of Oakland, okay? You've been listening to the Popo Report on WS AM 890. We'll see you on the turn. WLS, 8.90 a.m. Chicago, Saturday night. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino with the Popo Report. Finishing up our Oakland story where uh, residents of an apartment building, three flat or so, what we call here in the city, finds a separated head in the backyard. And they toss it in the car, drive down to the Oakland PD, and go, hey, look what we found. Yeah, they thought it was a Halloween prank, wouldn't you? The Popo thought it was. Yeah, absolutely. One of the Popo officers. Uh, We've got better Oakland. things to do than deal with severed heads. Quit messing with us, you know, Halloween season. But apparently not. It was decomposing. They had a little bit of flesh in it. Officer, trust me, we got a head in the car.
This this is the, now it starts getting a little creepy, right? Yeah, because they're like, uh oh, this this is not good. This is going to cause a lot of work and a lot of paper tonight. And they go out to the car. That's a lot of paperwork. Oh, there's a lot of paperwork. W- they go out to the car, and the head's sitting on the back seat. And sure enough, it's severed from the rest of the body. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, and and it's out in the backyard. Nobody knows how long it's in the backyard for. No, no. The homicide guys go out to the house, interview in the building, everyone in the building, go, hey, you know anything about the head? Everybody who lives it, nobody's seen the head there. It's there for an undetermined amount of time. This is a ama- this is re- truly an amazing. You got a severed head in your backyard. You got to think somebody's going to see it, taking the garbage out, cutting the grass, planting tulips. Right? Well, it I looks, mean, it looks like a like a soccer ball just laying out in the backyard. Why would you think twice? Yes, yes. It, that's right. what it looks like is a soccer ball. You've got the lights hitting it in different directions. <laughs> you know, you've got a sh- You've got shadows. <laughs> you've got you know. There's there are a lot of things in play here, Paul. It's not so. There's a lot of stuff going on, but there might be a happy ending to this story. They, uh, Oakland police, had a body they found yeah, previously yeah. without a head in close proximity. <laughs> so they, you know, putting two together, two and two together, you know, probably one and the same. You think? If, what are the sh- what are the chances? I'd like odds on that. I'd say ninety nine point nine percent. I think so. I think the head and the bod are going to be a DNA match. I think they put it together there in Oakland and figure it out. Yeah, we go. So we got a story out of Indiana. Hey, Paul, uh, do you buy things on credit? Occasionally, 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 yes. You ever bought crack on credit? Uh, I can't say that I have ever bought crack on, in any manner. Well, you know what? If you don't pay your crack dealers who give you that crack on credit, you better watch out because they're going to be after you, and they're going to want more money. They're going to want maybe a finger or two. They're going to want a lot. Listen. And don't go complaining to the popo. That the creditors are coming after you, uh, which what which what this indie man apparently did, right? Listen, it, it, there's a couple problems here. A, you're you're doing crack and apparently a lot of it, right? I mean, you got to get it on credit. This <laughs> you can, no so cash and your carry. De- your dealer's going to extend a little credit to you. He's going to cut you some slack in between the checks showing up every month, right? Or in between armed robberies, correct? It's not like you can take that money from his paycheck, you know, that unpaid narcotics bill. It's not coming out of that paycheck. He's not going to... And listen, crack dealers only got so much patience, right? Because he's got overhead. He's got to pay his guy he's getting the stuff from. So... All right? So don't go complain to the Pope. He's probably got his own habit he's dealing with. There we go. So what does our hero from Indiana do? He goes complaining to the Pope. He has a problem with his dealer, and he thinks he's going to get the Pope to referee this problem. Yeah, you know what? It's your problem. Go deal with you know. Go deal with it yourself. It's not a. It's not a popo concern. <laughs> Mister Woods says, "Listen, I owe this dude four hundred bucks. I don't think I I should have to pay him, yeah. right?" And and now, you know, Mister Woods' dealer is ticked. He's like, "Hey, dude, I will run you out of here. You will never be able to buy crack anywhere." And you know, this is a big problem for Mr. Woods because he owes his dealer money. He's he's getting threatened with not having a source for yeah. drugs anymore. So he goes to the Popo to try to resolve the issue. Real big stop story. Did not end well, did it? No. No. Mr. Woods get locked up. <laughs> did his dealer get locked up? Who get locked up? No one's getting locked up right now. Yeah. It's, I guess we'll be hearing about the story later on. Yeah. Well, we're going to North Carolina in Raleigh. We got a soap. Wait, check this out. This is even funnier. Um, <laughs> we got some uh, cocaine cocaine dealers dealing soap. They apparently thought they were bricks 
or you know soap bars that look like cocaine bars. I'm not, I have seen cocaine wrapped. It does not look like soap bars. I mean, upon further inspection, it looks like cocaine. Absolutely, it's wide. It's packaged <laughs> correctly. Uh, you know, I would I would definitely pay the price of a kilo of coke for you know what was it nine bars. I don't know. That's two kilos. Is it no, two ten point, bars? Two point two pounds. What's a bar of soap weigh? Anybody know? It was about sixty, twelve ounces, eight ounces. Well, it's it says three. It's, pounds. it's not looking like coke. This is like here we are back down south. Okay, I'm thinking soap bars is cocaine. But let me ask you though. But you're not selling. You're not selling narcotics though. It's it's basically yeah. But the law is very clear on this, Lupe. You can't sell a substitute and call it narcotics. It's called it's, criminal fraud. That's well, it's not criminal fraud. But you're trying to sell narcotics, even if it's oregano or soap or uh, what have you. So they're still going to pinch you for uh, uh, you know bad things are going to happen, yeah. especially in an airport. Right? DEA's there. Um, could be federal. Could be big problems for you in an airport trying to sell the drugs. I mean, here we're even North, if it's soap. Right, we're in North Carolina, but ostensibly most states make it a crime to sell a substance on the premise that it is it's an illegal drug, even if the substance itself is not illegal. It's, it's an old. Uh, it's, it's been on the books for a long that's time. Right. Everywhere, the deal, the, you know, fake dealers have been trying to do this for years with knuckleheads. Right, they're going to go. All right, here, this this pound of marijuana here. Is the best you've ever smoked, my friend. It's wrapped up in tape. It looks good. And come to find out it's oregano later or some other substance, right? Sure. That no marijuana in there. And they're just ripping off some guy who's a very bad potential drug dealer because he doesn't know what the product tastes, smells, or should look like. So they did this with the soap. Big problem. Now everybody goes to jail because they got caught for selling soap. I mean, it's not he, allowed. Judges are not going to cut them any slack. Because it was not cocaine. They were trying to sell it off as cocaine. You'd go into jail for the, the same old thing. Mostly, what? Being stupid. Yeah, so, and we have, we have a lot of criminals who are being stupid. That's, that's why the popo are so successful sometimes. The stupid criminals are stock and trade for them. Sa saves the day every time. Stupidity wins out. It makes your job in life a lot easier. It's called employment security, too. That's right, forever. So we're going to round out the popo report with that. One of our favorites, another happy ending. Uh, we like happy endings at the Popo Report, don't we? Yeah, we're coming back home. We're coming back home to Chicago, where uh, Miss Danica Lawrence, she was uh, she's a bank robber. You know, she uh, she robbed two banks, got away with a lot of money, but on the third time, she got caught. She she left the bank. And she was apparently ID'd later on. See, we have talked about this before, right? If you rob a bank once, the chances of you getting caught, and if you don't get caught at the scene, are slim and none. The problem is, is when you keep going back to that well, because of all the digital security and cameras, and uh, you, it, they're just gonna, someone's gonna see you, and they're gonna make the phone call because banks always offer. In a three-month stretch, she did it twice. Nope. In early 2016. And and she didn't get caught, did she? No, she didn't. But what she happened when she went back the third time, though? She eventually got pinched. Whoops. And but, bank robbery is usually five years each count, minimum. you got to judge have, you know, it's federal sentencing guidelines. It's a federal crime. Uh, the judge has a lot of latitude, but the minimum generally is five years per offense, which means that federal, you're doing 85% of that, folks. All right? 
That's a it's eighty five percent of five years you have to do before you're eligible for parole. Now she's got three banks. What'd the judge do, Lou? Well, District Judge John Z. Lee cut her a break, gave her four and a half, four and a half years total for the whole thing. Gift. gift. That is a gift. And that is our happy ending for tonight. And we're going to leave it at that. You've been listening to the Popo Report. Paul Cialino, Lupe Aguirre. Catch us on WSAM 890. Catch us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. It's been a blast, Paul. Thank you. Thanks for listening.